0: The National League wildcard race is truly living up to its name. And guess what? Your San Francisco Giants, despite not playing yesterday due to a rainout, are technically, by percentage points, the number three wildcard team right now. You are Locked On Giants, your daily San Francisco Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked on Giants, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspik, and on the show, we provide daily episodes Monday through Friday, talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data driven and rational, but also simple passionate and accessible to all i'm a former contributor for the baseball statistics and analysis websites beyond the box score and rotographs i've been podcasting about the giants since about this time in 2015 and i'm a lifelong fan thank you for making locked on giants your first listen every day we're free and available wherever you get podcasts including youtube so check us out there and hit that subscribe button please wherever it is that you're listening to or watching the show Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets, guaranteed. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. And where we get started is updating you on the state of the race, which changed quite a bit yesterday, even though the San Francisco Giants did not play a baseball game. Their game was rained out. You know, I when I was doing all my... Uh, coming up on tomorrow's show, or you know, the everydayers tomorrow, will hear us talking about the game. I thought to myself, I should really check the weather report because it's Denver, and you never really know there, even no, no matter what time of year. And unfortunately, we did have a rainout, but but despite that, you know, the teams that did not have rainouts, teams that did play games, we had the Arizona Diamondbacks in action. We had the Cincinnati Reds in action, and we had the Miami Marlins in action. And guess what? All three lost. Best case scenario for the Giants. The only thing that could have been better is if they won themselves, but they didn't have a chance. They didn't play a game. So the state of the race is that technically there's a three-way tie uh, between the Giants, the D-backs, and the Reds for the final wild card spot. There's two things to say here. Number one is that even more technically, the Giants have an edge percentage points wise because they have played two fewer games. And in those two games that the D-backs and Reds have played, those two extra games, they're one and one, which is a 500 winning percentage, which drags their winning percentage down ever so slightly so to three decimal places all three teams are at 514 but if you drag it out to four or more decimal places the giants are ahead uh at 75 and 71 is a better record than 76 and 72 by a tiny amount but the giants have to play those two games and maybe they you know maybe they go one and one maybe they go zero oh and two we don't know yet but, so I said there was two things to say about that. The other thing to say about that is that it is officially time, especially given that there's a three-way tie right now for the final spot. And then, by the way, the Marlins are a half game back. So a three-way tie for the third wild card spot, and then a team that's half a game behind those three. That's crazy. So it's officially time to start thinking about tiebreaker scenarios. And this is where... I think Andrew Baggerly wrote an article yesterday in The Athletic where he got into the possibility of three or more way ties, which I have not yet educated myself sufficiently on to talk about it today. It's it's really not complicated, two-way ties, uh, so I'll explain that, but three-way or more ties my head starts to spin. And I think when he tweeted it out, he said, I gave myself an aneurysm so you don't have to thinking about uh, and and figuring out these three-way ties. So check it out in The Athletic if you're a subscriber. I'll check it out so I know what's going on if that happens. But, I mean, that would be nuts, obviously, to have a three- or more-way tie. But, okay, so in in a, in the event... Let's just say for simplicity's sake that, you know, the Phillies remain the number one wild card. The Cubs remain the number two wild card, even though the Giants are just now two and a half back of the Cubs for that second wild card and four back of the Phillies for the first wild card. Let's just say for the sake of simplicity that the Phillies and Cubs hold on to those spots. And so that the Giants are in this battle for the third wild card spot and that's it. So. And then also for the sake of simplicity, let's just say they tie with one other team for that third wild card spot. So, you know, realistically, it would either be Arizona, Cincinnati or Miami. Then we do have Pittsburgh and San Diego six and a half back, technically still alive. The Mets seven back, uh, technically still alive. And so we'll continue to keep an eye on those teams. But obviously the other three are much closer. So, what it comes down to, simply, if there's a tie like that, the first tiebreaker is head-to-head record. There's no game 163 anymore. If you tie, you don't play another game to break the tie. The tie simply goes to the team that had the better record against the team they tied with. And what does that mean for the Giants? Well, if they tie with the Reds, it's Fantastic because the Giants straight up win the season series. They've played seven games and the Giants are four and three against the Reds. And so the Giants, if they ended up again for the sake of simplicity, tied for the third wild card spot with the Cincinnati Reds, Giants win. Reds are going home. No extra game. It's that simple. And so in that sense, like you almost have, even though you're tied with them right now, you essentially have a one-game lead because they have to be ahead of you in order to win that spot, except maybe it gets more complicated with three or more way ties. So, again, I'm going to have to read that baggerly piece. I appreciate him doing that because I was going to do it myself. So he was speaking to me with that aneurysm comment. But the thing is, it's not that simple. Only with the Reds is it that simple out of these... Teams, The Reds, the D-backs, and the Marlins. It's different in all three cases. With Arizona, the problem is they haven't yet finished out their season series and there are two games left. The good thing is the Giants only need to win one of the two in order to win the tiebreaker with the D-backs. And so that is a huge deal. It's a two-game series. It's in Arizona. It's immediately following this Colorado series. I think there is an off day on Monday and then Tuesday, Wednesday in Arizona. But just winning one game for the sake of the race itself is huge, just at least winning one and not getting swept there. But then if you manage to win at least one of those two, you win that tiebreaker. And once again, you essentially, even if you're tied, have a one-game lead over that team. So that would be huge as well. So that's going to be enormous, just winning a game in Arizona. And then finally, the Miami Marlins, the Giants and Marlins have finished their season series, but in this case, they split three and three. And so there's no winner. And so you have to go on to the next tiebreaker, which is intra-division record, which means, I mean, and and to, to me, honestly, it doesn't make a ton of sense why that is the next tiebreaker, but it is, which means... You know what is what is your record within your own division? And for the Giants, right now, I have to click advanced on the statistics on the standings page. Right now, their record against the National League West is twenty-two and fourteen, and the Marlins' record against the National League East is twenty-one and twenty-two. And so, the Giants have a huge edge there. But the caveat is that all of the Giants' remaining games. Every single one of them is against NL West teams. And so that number is going to change by 16. You know, there's 16 more games to go there for the Giants. Whereas the Marlins don't have as many. But to me, if the Giants fall back closer to 500 against intra-division teams, it means that they've struggled down the stretch and they probably won't end up tied for a spot. And so it's almost like mathematically... I don't want to say impossible, but it seems like with the Giants being 8 games over 500 and the Marlins being 1 game under 500 in the division that there's pretty much no way that they end up with the Mar- with, like in a tie for a wild card spot and the Marlins having the better intra-division record because like I said if the Giants end up falling to where the Marlins are then they probably won't be in a wild card spot, and if the Marlins get red hot and tear up their uh, intra division games the remaining way, uh, they'll either be ahead of the Giants or honestly, it's confusing. We just have to let it play out one day at a time. the The point I was trying to make is that, um, basically, if the Giants play well, their intra division record is gonna like which they kind of need to play well their interdivision record is only going to improve and it it would be impossible for the Marlins to catch up given that the Giants are beginning with like a 9 game advantage there so anyway that's the state of the race i didn't even mention the playoff odds i I will mention the playoff odds coming up in just a minute and also comments by Giants ownership because there's been some rumblings about possible dissatisfaction and possible you know Could they fire Farhan Zaidi and or Gabe Kapler after the season? There has been some legitimate rumbling about that, but uh, the Giants owner, uh, Chairman Greg Johnson, made definitive comments. What did he have to say? We'll get into it in just a minute. And before we do, this episode today is brought to you by our friends, our good friends over at Jace Medical. Modern medical care and treatment are important, but our global supply chains are fragile. Things like pandemics, natural disasters, and foreign travel may cut into, uh, m- cut you off from the treatment that you need. And Jace Medical is your solution. Just fill out their online form, and one of Jace Medical's board-certified physicians will review it to determine whether medications are safe and appropriate. Then Jace will send your prescriptions to one of their partner pharmacies where your order will be filled and mailed directly to your home. You can also send your physician a message for answers to treatment-related questions at any time. Everybody should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected, which we've all experienced all too well in recent years. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case Save more than 360 bucks by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical plus an additional $20 off by using our code LOCKEDON at checkout at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. All right, as promised, I'm going to give you some uh, numbers in terms of the playoff probabilities but also these comments by greg johnson i don't know his official title but he's like the head honcho now uh you know the son of charles johnson the majority owner and greg johnson has taken on the role basically of lead owner guy and he had comments about farhan zaidi and gabe kapler Thanks again for making Lockdown Giants your first listen every day. Every day or tomorrow, or excuse me, on Monday. We'll be breaking down four games in Colorado. It could change everything. Four wins could be riding high. Four losses could be over. A split, who knows? And then there's all the other teams in action. So things have the potential to change dramatically each and every day. And when we've got four games to go, here before the next episode it's gonna be things are gonna be different probably on monday so i can't wait to be with you then the giants play the rockies tonight at 5 40 pacific and you can catch every pitch of the giants hometown broadcast with SiriusXM xm on the sxm app search giants so refreshing the FanGraphs playoff odds page i just wanted to point out the giants have gone up to now 47.1%. And so, you know, it's still less than a 50% chance, which means according to the computer, uh, which, you know, whether or not you want to trust the computer is up to you. But according to FanGraphs projection system, uh, it's more likely than not still that the Giants don't make the playoffs, so I just want to be clear about that. But forty-seven percent—it's better than all those other teams with, that we've been talking about. It's just that, like the combined odds of those, like the combined odds of the three below them, given that they're so close, give the the field an edge over the Giants. But the Giants are the individual favorite among that kind of scrum for the third spot. Giants at 47.1%, D-backs at 31.4%, next closest there, uh the Reds at 23.7% and the Marlins at 19%. We've got the Braves, they clinched already, the Dodgers are about to clinch. Uh the Brewers are at 99.9%, so those three teams are in. Uh, the Cubs, at those four teams. I would say the Phillies at 97 are pretty safe. Uh, but the Cubs at at 81.7%. There's still a, a scenario. They do play the D-backs coming up. And so there's a scenario where like the D-backs sweep them and suddenly they fall out of the race. Say the Giants do well against the Rockies and the D-backs sweep the Cubs or something. There is a possible, possible path for the Cubs not holding on to a spot. And so that's something to monitor as well. But the Giants were at tw- like 20% entering the homestand, and now 47%. So this team has been resilient. They've gotten off the mat, and that kind of transitions us to the comments that Farhan Zaidi himself made, following up on some comments that Greg Johnson made about the... the, Basically, there were two writers. I did not read the Tim Kawakami piece, not because I just refused to, but just I haven't gotten around to it. But apparently there was a Tim Kawakami in The Athletic piece about, I don't know what what exactly it was about, but I guess there was an insinuation made that perhaps uh, ownership wasn't happy with the current regime and that there could be a move made after the season, particularly if they don't make the playoffs. I think all of this is kind of moot if they like make the playoffs and then go on a, a run and win a series or two or three or four. Um. So, but then also Bruce Jenkins in the San Francisco Chronicle said something similar where he said basically people with some knowledge, he didn't say like sources said, it was just he kind of hinted that he had some inside information that uh, the ownership was not happy right now, basically. And Susan Slusser kind of followed up on this. And I, I take her work more seriously as a beat writer who's there every day talking to Gabe Kapler and... She's one of the best. And she said in a piece yesterday, quote, during San Francisco's recent six game losing streak, there were rumblings of growing discontent among the Giants ownership group with Kapler. But Johnson, Greg Johnson, said Thursday, they will both be here next year. End quote. And then Slosser says both are under contract through 2024. And that was following up on Johnson's comment that uh, the Giants had an opt-out clause for Zidey, quote, that expired months ago, end quote. Uh, And then he said, quote, we stand fully behind him. So Slosser saying there were rumblings of growing discontent among the Giants ownership group with Kapler is very specific. And I make the full assumption that it's based on you know factual information. So I don't know uh what are who her connection is there, but it's interesting that they point out Kepler specifically. Um but then Johnson goes on and says they will both be here next year. And so I think maybe the thinking is even if there is growing discontent or whatever that they will at least allow and again, I have said, like, let us wait till the season ends before we start chopping off heads, you know, Um because like I said, they could get red hot, make the playoffs, go on a run. And then it changes everybody's thinking a lot, in my opinion, or it should. Um, so I'm not going to make those statements of judgment until the season is over. And then I will. But. Let's say they flounder down the stretch and miss the playoffs. It it sounds like they're still they're not gonna make a change no matter what, because he Johnson keeps doubling down on these statements. And I would imagine that maybe then you go into twenty twenty four and if things don't go well, maybe you have a rough start. You do see managers sometimes fired in the middle of the season. In fact, that's kind of the most common time. And so perhaps if they miss the playoffs this year and then they don't have a great start next year, perhaps you could see Kapler fired, but it sounds like that's just not happening uh in the off season. And I will wait to make my evaluation until the season is over. Also via Susan Slusser, Farhan Zaidi kind of followed up on these comments and talked about the team and Kapler, he was talking about Kapler, and Zaidi said about Kapler, "quote We got off to a six and thirteen start, and recently had the difficult stretch. I'm going to interject and say the two month period in which they were like the worst hitting team in baseball. Back to Zaidi, that turned around this last homestand. It sure did. They were like the they went off on the homestand." continues, and quote, getting off the mat in those tough times is a reflection of strong leadership in the clubhouse. No one's satisfied to be only a few games over 500, but we're playing meaningful baseball and are in position to make the playoffs with 16 games left. And Gabe's steadiness and leadership has been critical in getting us to this point he also works tirelessly to support other parts of the Giants' operation, especially the work we do in the community. I view him as an important asset to the organization. End quote. And they have been resilient, man. They have gotten gotten off the mat. They've been knocked down, and they get up every single time. And so we'll see if they can do it one final time here and make a push and get in. Uh. So I, again, I'm just like gonna let those statements. Marinate, you can do with them what you will. I am not making my judgmental statements until the season is over. So, anyway, coming up in just a minute, there was a roster crunch. Giants had to add Michael Conforto. They wanted to, he's ready to come back. Who was gonna go? It kind of came down to Luis Matos and Casey Schmidt. Tough decision to make, and the Giants made one. And we'll get into what they did and why they did it momentarily. And before we do, This episode today is brought to you by FanDuel. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use and you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel official partner of the NFL. All right, here we go. We are going to get into the roster crunch. It was, you know, I was, I knew Michael Conforto had to come off the IL, obviously. You know, all the reports were that he was ready. And it came down to when I looked through who is a possibility to get sent down, it came down to Luis Matos or Casey Schmidt. And I found it to be kind of a tough decision in a way. Thanks again for making Lockdown Giants your first listen every day. Every day is on Monday Man, are we going to have a lot to talk about updating you on the state of the race and four games at in Colorado, including a doubleheader on Saturday. It's going to be nuts. Hopefully no more weather issues. Um, Giants play the Rockies tonight at 540 Pacific. You can catch every pitch of the Giants hometown broadcast with Sirius XM on the SXM app search Giants. So uh, the reason this was a difficult decision for me is because Michael Conforto is an outfielder and I thought Basically, my thinking was Luis Matos has been really good since getting called back up and just like recently in the lineup. He's been good and defensively, he's made some nice plays. He's had some clutch hits. He's just not a guy I want to see sent down. But Conforto's an outfielder. Matos is an outfielder. Schmidt's an infielder. And so logically, it makes sense to go outfielder for outfielder and send down Matos. But I didn't want to see that. I don't really want to see Casey Schmidt sent down either. This kind of represents one of those good problems to have where there's not someone where, you know, optionable at least. Like If they could option Brandon Crawford, he would make more sense, but they can't. Um, And so basically the Giants made the decision to option Casey Schmidt, and I think it was the right call. I came to that conclusion myself basically because – It is September, so we have expanded rosters. And on the roster, you already have like a Paul DeYoung sitting on the bench. And if he's not on the bench, you have a Brandon Crawford sitting on the bench. And so you have, like, Casey Schmidt for a while was the backup shortstop. So picking up Paul DeYoung, I just think, was uh, kind of an important piece of the puzzle there. Otherwise, I mean, it would just be Schmidt. But I think with DeYoung... It's more of like a veteran presence. You know what you're going to get to an extent. And I think at shortstop, uh, DeYoung is better than Schmidt right now. Schmidt's a little bit raw. Uh, He made a critical error in the last game that he played. Um, He'll be back, though. You know, this isn't like, okay, never to to see from Schmidt again. He has to be down for 10 days unless he replaces someone who goes on the injured list. So he could get called up again this season. Could make a playoff roster if they're on if they do make the playoffs, um, and certainly going into 2024, when you probably have Brandon Crawford off the roster, you may very well have Paul DeYoung off the roster. Then there's more room for Casey Schmidt, and so it's a bummer for him and his fans, but uh, I think this was the right move because Matos has just been swinging it well. I posted on Twitter if you want to see or X or whatever, uh, the rolling 15 game weighted runs created plus for Matos. All of that sounds like a lot of words. Basically, each data point is like his most recent 15 games. What what is his weighted runs created plus? And 100 is average for the major leagues. And for Matos, you know, when he started out, he was kind of hovering at 100 to below, down into the 70s or 60s at times but it was kind of stable between that range of 100 to 60 which is not great 60s is not good at all but then it's like straight vertical he goes up into like 160 range and he's kind of been there tailed off a little bit but still for weeks you know just for his in his last 20 games he's hitting 339 with a 383 on base and 500 slugging. Yes, a 429 batting average on balls in play, which is unsustainable, but still hitting for some power, a 161 isolated power, and that's just the last 20 games. If we go back even further, he, he remains uh hot. Like he's just been good. If we go back to July even July 30th, which is like 25 games or so, and the batting average on balls in play is more reasonable, two eighty six average, three forty eight on base, four seventeen slugging. So he's just unlike Casey Schmidt, who's really struggled with the bat. Matos has not, and so I think like these are do or die games. These are the most important games of the season, of course. And you you can't you got to go with the hot hand here, and that's Matos. And it'll be interesting to see with they already have you know Conforto and Hanniger and Yastrzemski and Slater and Jock has played some outfield. So does Matos start or is he a bat off the bench or what? It'll be interesting to see what the configuration is there. I would imagine he doesn't start, but that's a nice piece to have off the bench. And if you are going with certain guys in the outfield that you'd like to be replaced defensively, for me on the corners more so than in center, then Matos is a solid option there. So he survives the the roster crunch. Casey Schmidt does not. Conforto is back. The team is pretty much at full strength offensively. And when is the last time they've had that? And the, the last time they had it, they lost it immediately with Hanniger breaking his forearm. So let's pray that they can stay healthy for the next 16 games. Anyway, That is all the time we have for today. Thanks again for making Lockdown Giants your first listen every day. Every day is on Monday. Oh my goodness, who the heck knows what we're even going to be talking about, but I know that it's going to be wild, just like this wild, wild card race. Once again, my name is Ben Kaspik. Check me out on Twitter or X at Ben Kaspik, K-A-S-P-I-C-K. If you like this show, please consider rating it or leaving a review. It helps me out a lot. So thank you in advance and thanks to everyone who's done so already. Once again, the Giants play the Rockies at 540 Pacific tonight and you can catch every pitch of the Giants hometown broadcast with Sirius XM on the SXM app search Giants. Anyway, have a great weekend. Enjoy the baseball, man. These are must watch, must win. You know, you don't don't have to win them all, but at least split at least split, and three of four, four of four, let's go. So can't wait to be with you again on Monday. Thanks again for listening. You are now locked on Giants.